This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's your girl Jessie May. This is the Sharp Tongue Podcast. We are taking a break from the Grease Survival Guide mini-series to kick into a little Dr. Peluso submissions that we've had for a couple weeks. And I know you guys love to have advice from the board uncertified doctor herself, Dr. Peluso, so that's what this episode is. Before we get into it, I have a goal of reaching 10,000 subscribers on my YouTube page, which I just started putting effort into. <laughs> After Rogan and everybody was telling me to build out my YouTube page. So please subscribe. YouTube.com forward slash Jessie Mae Peluso. Subscribe to the fun. The videos from the podcast will be there as well as other videos I will be posting. The fan page is also still available. Patreon.com forward slash Jessie Mae Peluso. That's the fan page with separate videos. The podcast is solely on YouTube now. So check it out. Please subscribe. Share it with your friends. And as always, if you are enjoying this podcast, leave us a review. Review us. Turn your notifications on so you make sure you don't miss any episodes. I, I appreciate your support during these trying times we are all experiencing. This episode, we are taking a break from grief, even though that's impossible to do, but I am going to do it. And we are going to answer some Dr. Peluso questions, also answer some phone calls. If you yourself want to give us a call and have your voicemail played on the podcast, you can either ask for advice for Dr. Peluso, or you can just ask a question, or if you have anything you want to say, you can do that. You call us. The number is, where's my number? Hold on. I got to find the fucking number now. <laughs> I think it's it's 513-916-0930. That sounds about right. That should be the number. Hold, let me just make sure, you guys. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Right. Okay. 513-916-0930. Give me a call. Let me know how you guys you know, whatever you want to know. Tell me tell me something crazy. Tell me a crazy story. If you have some advice you want, give, give us a freaking call. You know, give us a call. 513-916-0930. Did you get that? Did you write that down? Make sure you do. I'll wait for you to get your pen and paper. Yeah, I got the number right. 513-916-0930. Give us a call. Also, if you have questions for the podcast that you don't want to leave your voice for, you can email me, jessiemaypelusocomedy at gmail.com. jessiemaypelusocomedy at gmail.com. Also, that is where we are accepting submissions for the Grief Survival Guide question, where do we go when we die? So if you have input on that, please email us, jessiemaypelusocomedy at gmail, and we will read your submission on the podcast. And speaking of podcasts, 
This episode is a Dr. Peluso episode. Thank you for your questions. If you would like to submit your questions, you just go to my Instagram story Monday and Tuesdays where I do Dr. Peluso on my IG story and you could submit your question there and I also do some on the podcast because I get so many I can't get to all of them on the IG story. You can find me at instagram.com forward slash Jessie Mae Peluso. So without further ado, with all of the coldness in the wilderness that I am coming to you from right now, I'm in a cabin. We are going to embark on this Dr. Peluso journey together. I sound like such a fucking nerd. Let's just get the podcast started. I need a blunt. Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 beep. You're listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse May Jessie Peluso. Peluso. It's a personal look. Well, it's not really a look because it's a podcast. I'm already fucking this up. This is kind of like a verbal comedy diary. A deep look into the crevices of my mind. It's gonna get dirty. You might cry. You'll probably laugh. Hopefully you'll laugh. The whole point is for you to laugh, but you also might cry. I talk about my family. I talk about farts. farts. I talk about love, loss, comedy, how hard it is to make it in this biz. I'm a fucking professional. Each week it's something different. Sometimes I have a guest host. Sometimes it's gonna be a movie companion episode. Sometimes I just ramble about the bullshit I dealt with the week before. You never know what you're going to get. It's raw, uncut, and funny. It's me. Hey, everybody. I'm here in a cabin. I'm in my long johns. They were nice enough to leave me a sign that says, Welcome, Jesse, May, and Pup. I am in Sherburn, Sherburn, New York. And it's fucking freezing. When I say fucking freezing, I mean it's... It's cold enough that I'm sitting right in front of this oven thing, (laughs) which I'm probably going to have to reload at some point before we stop recording. This thing, it says Peerless Number 10. It's a GW Eddie Troy, New York. Okay, so GW Eddie is the brand. It's from Troy, New York. It's this oven thing. Keeps the place warm. Um, it was 10 degrees last night. I chose a couple days to come and stay in a cabin. A, because my sister's house is a little chaotic in all the good ways, in all the ways that a house should be chaotic. First of all, she has two toddlers running around, or demons, as I like to call them. I don't know if they're toddlers or the Antichrist. I haven't made that complete, um, what's the word I'm looking for, um... Uh, whatever that word is where you choose something. I haven't made that decision yet, but there definitely is an antichrist-like personality trait to them. So I had to just get away from that. I you know, I felt like they were going to suck my soul out in the middle of the night like cats do, and I just had to get away. So I came to a cabin, and then cut to it being five fucking degrees outside and a winter storm coming And now that I say it out loud, that sounds like the most perfect scenario to stay in a cabin, especially because I look so cute in my cabin PJs right now. But Oh, fuck. There goes my phone. But the reality is, I mean, adjust this camera a little bit so you can see my PJs full, full bore. And I've got cute little boots on. I mean, I I went the full throttle here, folks. The full throttle. I've got my Uggs and these cute little elephant PJs. Apparently, when you buy the PJs, they save an elephant someplace. You know how us white people like to be involved in our in our activism. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll save an elephant. I really just wanted the cute fucking pajamas, but I'm glad that an elephant got saved. 
Anyways, anywho, I digress. <laughs> I'm in this fucking cabin and it sounds like the most perfect scenario ever. Freezing outside, a storm coming, but I have to be honest, it, it only looks, it, it only, it's only good in Lifetime movies, okay? I'm alone. Oh, I've got Carl and he's laying down here by the fire because he's also about to die from hypothermia. Um, it's, it's only a great scenario in an ha- a, ha- a Hallmark Christmas movie. <laughs> I can never speak. You guys know that. I have issues with words sometimes. I'm drinking my mud water, which is keeping me sane. Truly, this is like a little cup of heaven. I have to be honest. It's pure vodka, but we'll just tell you. I'll just tell you it's my mud water. It's, it's, a, it's a difficult scenario, you know? I, I kind of... First of all, let me let you guys know, this is a Dr. Peluso episode. We are taking a break from the grief miniseries. We'll be back next week, but I figure we need a little break. I needed a break. I need a break from talking about the grief, which um, can be the episode next week. I have a whole bunch of stuff that I want to talk to you guys about that I've realized, but let's take a little break. Let's get back into some Dr. Peluso situation, and I'm going to answer some calls that you guys left, and also... um, a couple of you left your remarks on where do you think we go when we die. I'll read one of those. Even though we're not doing a grief episode today, I will, you know, tease a little and, and leave one of those emails that one of the fans sent us and save a couple for next week. But the whole point of the story is that sometimes a bitch needs a break. I came to the cabin. It's not the greatest scenario. Like I said, it's a wonderful scenario if you're in a fucking lifetime movie. Look, I have to be honest. It's cute and cozy. This is one of the cutest cabins I've ever stayed in. But the fact that there's going to be 10 inches of snow and there's not like a also equivalent inches in dick here to snuggle me, I, I, I'm kind of over it. You know what I'm saying? Like the solitude can take a hike and I'm going to go to my cousin's house and drink whiskey. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I think that's a smooth move. I think it's a good you know, a little bit more of a upward lateral move because it's still kind of cozy. I'm away from the chaos at my sister's house. Which, let me get back to that. Um, I've got a little grief pimple right here on the side of my face. I don't know if you can see it. All you folks at home who are watching the video, which is available on my YouTube page, youtube.com forward slash Jesse Mayplusso. There's a grief pimple right there. You're welcome. Shit gets real. My sister's house is... It's definitely been saving me during this process, which we're not talking about because this is a Dr. Peluso episode, but you know how I like to chit chat a little bit up top. It's chaos in the sense that there's life in it and there's screaming children and, you know, my sister and her husband and there's always food being cooked and we're day drinking. It's it's COVID. So we are fucking day drinking. Let me tell you, God, this is really putting some heat out. I feel like I need to add, let me just put another brick in there or whatever you call the thing, the wood. Hold on, everybody, okay? Everybody calm down and put my, I don't want to put my hat on because I don't want to set on fire. I don't even know if you guys can still hear me. So you got to grab this glove. See, they got this glove right here. And then we scootsy magootsies over here. (laughs) You take off the top like so. Okay. Oh, fuck. It is really burning in there. I don't even think I need to add anything. Ah, shit. Okay. Well, maybe we're good. 
No, I'll put one more on because it's kind of fun. We'll just put one on for you guys to see at home, okay? Make sure my hair doesn't set on fire in the fucking process, which all night long I've smelled singeing hair. I don't know if it's me or if there's like something I left in the fire that's on fire. Oh, no, I burned the carpet. That's right. I set the cap on the carpet on accident, so hopefully they don't notice it. I might have to just let them know I burned the carpet. <laughs> I put the the little oven cap down on fabric, which I don't recommend if you're somebody who's traveling and using one of these oven things. Don't put anything from the oven on something fabric, okay? It's just not going to work out well. Oh, God, I feel like I am just blabbing. Am I just blabbering? You guys, is that what this sounds like today? Fuck! What day is it? Okay, let's get into some Dr. Peluso. Let's figure out what what help people need and how I can assist. And um, these questions are from... We've got a couple weeks worth of questions because in the interim of Dr. Peluso and today, my mother passed away. Fun. But this is not a grief episode. Let Let me reiterate... This is not a grief episode. <laughs> Am I still grieving? 150%. God damn, that is hot. I feel I don't I don't think I needed to add that wood. Whatever. We're doing fine. Okay. Um Nicole's Nicole Sandoval 59. Nicole Sandoval. Sandoval. The, half of the fun is me trying to figure out what your names are. Nicole Sandoval, is doing yoga on carpet safe? Ew. No, you can't do yoga on carpet. I First of all, carpet catches a lot of amoebas and hair, dead skin cells and hair and dog hair, cat hair, kid hair. Um, there's too many gross things in the carpet. I would not do yoga on carpet, girl. That's nasty. You're going to have all those little carpet critters crawling up in your pores. I just don't, I don't recommend that. Why do you just buy a yoga mat? What are you doing in your life? Just get a yoga mat. I mean, it, it just, it'll make your life so much easier. And unless you want to get carpet herpes, go ahead, go ahead, enjoy it. Jeremy Cash, how do you feel about dating people with disabilities? Uh, I feel like every one of my exes had disabilities. <laughs> How do I feel about it? I've been doing it for uh, 20 years. Aren't we all disabled in some way, shape, or form? I know everybody wants to feel special and, you know, everyone wants to stand out. And, you know, some people play up their disabilities. We know who those people are. There are people who take advantage of the system and play up their disabilities, which is rude. You shouldn't be doing that. Okay, Tiny Tim, I saw you jogging yesterday. I don't think you have a crip. A, a, a bum leg, okay? I saw you do a 500-yard dash at the schoolyard yesterday, 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 yesterday year. Um, I, I, all my exes are disabled, but do I have like, like an actual disability? Like, what do you mean disability? It's such a blanket term. There are mentally disabled people, then there are physically disabled people. There's emotionally disabled people. Am I against dating somebody with a cleft lip? No. Is that a disability? I don't know. You'd have to ask the guy with the cleft lip. Maybe he views it as a disability. It probably is a disability in some way, shape, or form. I'm sure he gets judged. I'm sure if he's walking around with his cleft lip, there's someone there judging him for having a cleft lip. 
It's just the, it's the nature of humans. I am really on fucking fire over here. I feel like I kind of messed this up. It's it, it is kicking out some heat. <laughs> I have to be honest. I don't know if I'm built for nature. I try. <laughs> I'm not an Instagram girl who's like, oh my god, let me take a picture in my cute matching pajamas. I'm not that bitch, but I'm also not this bitch. I'm somewhere in between. I do like to get dirty, but I want to know that I can wash it off immediately. And, God, this is... Well, it's good to know that this oven works. Back to the disabled dudes. Uh, I'm not against it. No, it's, you know... I feel like I have disabilities, but would I date a dude in a wheelchair? To be honest, probably not. Only because, you know, it would be too difficult. And it's just not what I'm looking for in my life. But then again, it's like... Maybe he's a really nice person and I shouldn't be mad or cut myself short because he's on wheels. The wheels could be fun. You know, maybe we can scoot around together and, and like decorate the wheelchair and have some fun on that thing. But I have to be honest, I don't know if I would. Does that make me a bad person? I mean, someone's going to write about how, oh, Jesse Mae Peluso says she won't date somebody in a wheelchair. But I mean, it's just... You have one life. Can I just have my preferences the way they are? But then again, the guys I've dated who've been able to walk have been complete assholes. <laughs> Maybe I should fucking step up my game, ironically, no pun intended, and date somebody in a wheelchair. There might be something to this. But then again, like I said, disability is such a blanket term. I need you to get more specific. Julio Tapia, always coming with some sort of sexual question, this Julio. Julio Tapia, 773, does size really matter? Yes. Yes. 150 fucking percent. And anyone who tells you it doesn't is lying. And I said this on Girl Code years ago. Anyone who tells you size doesn't matter is fucking lying. Either your girlfriend loves you so much that she's overlooking the fact that you come short in the inch department, or you're just doing fine. You know, you really, you got the goods. Either she's lying to you, you got the goods. There's no other way to cut it. Size matters. Because too small, I had a dude, honestly, I used to call him Tuna Nagiri. That was his nickname. means tuna on rice. His dick was like literally a, a, one order of tuna nigiri. One, one piece. A piece of tuna nigiri. It was the smallest dick I, I had ever uh, engulfed with my lady bits. And he was the nicest man. He truly was. I mean, he wasn't the greatest all-around catch, but he burped in my face a lot, and it always smelled like hot dogs, which I thought was inconsiderate, especially considering I allowed him into my vagina. And I just feel like when that happens as a man, when a girl allows you into her vagina because she has to do that, otherwise it's rape, and we all know that it needs to be consensual. Um, although sometimes, if you can, you know, role play a little bit, it's kind of hot and sexy. But still, even the role playing rape is still consensual. Just want to clear it up. I, I honestly, he was a really nice guy, but he, all of that considered, he fell short, and it just wasn't enough. And he'd be like inside of me, and I could feel room. Like, more room and, like, there's more room to be filled. And it just, it left me feeling empty. (laughs) Does that make me a bad person? 
Do you guys ever think thoughts and then ask yourself, oh, does that make me a bad person? Does it make me a bad person because size really fucking matters? Does it make me a bad person because I'm not sure if I date a dude in a fucking wheelchair? But then again, maybe I should. Maybe I'm missing out on a nice man in a wheelchair with a fucking hog. You guys are really opening my eyes today with these questions. But yes, Julio, size matters. Too big isn't too good. It's like Goldilocks. This one's too small. This one's too big. This one's just right. And he's probably going to cheat on me. Kidding. That's what jaded girls say. Delator. Any recommendations on how to provide comfort for a parent with Alzheimer's? That's a great question. You guys know my dad passed away from Alzheimer's in, what year is it? 2018 now? It's been a hell of a couple years. My dad dying, um, me, you know, going through a breakup, the COVID, my mom dying. I'm filled with all sorts of advice. That's why we're doing Dr. Peluso. But any advice on how to provide a parent with Alzheimer's some comfort? The one thing I found that helped me with my dad when he was sick was music. Music really calmed him down. And it also, there are studies and there have been articles written, scientific articles that have been written about music's capability to um, to sort of activate all parts of the brain. Music is one of the only things that actually can activate almost all the regions of the brain, especially when you're playing music, when you're when you're a musician. But listening to music also has a similar effect, and it's really useful for people with dementia because it allows them, for some reason, because of like smell being very connected to memory, music is very connected to memory. So if you have a parent who has Alzheimer's, I would recommend finding music from their youth era, somewhere around the, their teenage to early 20s, that sort of time frame in their life from like 15 to like 25. Figure out what music was playing when they were that age then and play that for them. Because for some reason, Alzheimer's patients have memories of that era in their life, specifically pertaining to the music. It's a really interesting phenomena that has been something that people have realized, you know, different Alzheimer's foundations and different memory care facilities that are dealing with patients with Alzheimer's and dementia, that music is such a useful tool. The other thing that helps people with Alzheimer's in providing them comfort I can't sit back because it is so hot. Let me try this. Okay. Oh, God. I don't know if I can do it. The other thing that really helps is going along with their story. Like, whatever they say is their reality. If they, you know, my dad, one day, my sister Emily and Chris took him to a doctor's appointment. And the doctor asked how he was. And my dad said he was good. He just dropped George Clooney, Brad Pitt, and I think John Travolta off at the airport because he drove limousines. Never happened. My dad never was a driver. He never had a limousine. I don't even know if the motherfucker rode in a limousine. But in that scenario, which comes up often with people with dementia, they say the craziest shit because their synapses aren't working anymore. The, the, the tau tangles and the beta amyloid plaques that have built up in their synapses are literally stopping the messages from firing correctly and and sometimes altogether 
So because of that, they have these fragmented thoughts and ideas and even their speech, you know, because physiologically they experience side effects and symptoms from the disease where, you know, their body starts to shut down because their brain isn't able to connect to the parts of their body to tell the body what to do. So even their capability of speech is affected. Whatever they say, whatever craziness comes out of their mouth, it would help you so much to just go along with it. Treat them like a child. Don't get frustrated when they can't remember your name or what day it is or who the fucking president is. Let's be real. Who gives a shit? Who cares? The devil's in the details. Let all that shit go. If your dad thinks that you're his wife, fucking go along with it. Play with it. Not that you should do anything, you know, inappropriate. I just mean from like a playful verbal standpoint. Play with them. Treat them like children. It is their world as you see it and as they see it. So that really would alleviate a lot of stress. Don't ask them, do you remember this? Do you remember that? Reminisce with them instead. Don't ask them what they remember because, hello, they have a disease that causes them to fucking forget stuff. Don't you remember me, Dad? No, 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 no. That's not what we're doing. Stop making it about you. Your father doesn't fucking remember you, Jesse. And I'm speaking to myself. (laughs) It's important to understand that the disease is not personal. And it's something that is so hard to get into our brains that the person we love doesn't remember us. And it's hard to not take it personally. The one thing also that provides comfort to the patient, it's important for the caregiver to have comfort. So self-care as a spouse, a daughter, a son, a husband of someone with dementia or Alzheimer's is vital to their comfort. I'm going to say that again. Someone who is taking care of a dementia or Alzheimer's patient, their self-care is the most vital aspect of the entire process. If you're not cared for, they're not going to be cared for. If you're stressed, they're going to be stressed. If you're underslept and overtired, they're going to feel that. And it's just going to make the experience that much more difficult. You know, I read this article uh, on NPR that was sent to me by my, my brother from another mother, Leo Flowers, who has an amazing podcast you guys should listen to. It's called Before You Kill Yourself. Leo and I actually created this podcast together and we were going to do it together. But it's so funny how life works out. He has taken it and is turned it into an amazing podcast, a suicide prevention podcast. Um, but check it out. Listen to it. Tell him I sent you. Leave him a review. He's an amazing person. One of my dearest, dearest friends. He sent me this link and this article about the fact that they are starting to think that Alzheimer's may be and dementia may be caused by an infectious disease, much like, you know, something like herpes or can you imagine <laughs> you get forgetful because you got herpes from some bitch in, in Daytona Beach. Um, there is a really interesting article where scientists are starting to think that the amyloid plaque and the tau tangles that are built up are a immune response to a disease because when they've put these um, t- tau tangles which is what happens into in your synapses after all the beta amyloid gets all like built up it, these tangles form 
they found that when they put those tangles in a petri dish with other infectious diseases, it killed the diseases. So this article speculated that the tangles in the plaques are a result of an infection and that it's the body's response to the to the infection and that the one of the main killers of alzheimer's and dementia we're talking about this so much but i'm very passionate about it obviously also this is dr peluso and i'm a board uncertified doctor so this is all <laughs> conjecture no it's my memory based off of shit that i read and um please fact check please feel free to email me if i say something wrong and correct me i love information and i love to be corrected the that um when they they think that the the body is having a immune response to whatever infectious disease is in the body and one of the main killers and one of the most detrimental things that affects people when they have dementia and alzheimer's is inflammation that the inflammation is the thing that really sets off all of the systems in the body to shut down and they think that the inflammation is a response to the infection in the body. So it'll be interesting to see what what these scientists come up with and hopefully they get the funding they need to look further into this because that means there could be a vaccine for Alzheimer's. And I have to be honest, going through what I went through with my father and seeing him deteriorate, I am more open to vaccines now than I ever have if they can help somebody not have to go through what my sister and I went through and my family, what we went through, it is so brutal. I am not, you know, going to sit here and pretend I know everything about vaccines. And I'm sure some of you are like on, you know, that Jenny McCarthy train where you're like, I can't, it's going to give my kid autism. Whatever your stance is, whatever your political stance is, put that aside. Let's let science talk a little bit here and let's let the data show us the way. Let's just let the data show us the way because my data died. <laughs> okay? So, hopefully you got hopefully I answered your question, Delator. Slim Jim Tim Sim. What do I do? Why do I love God, why can't I fucking read Slim Jim Tim Sim? I could read that easily. Slim Jim Tim Sim. Why do I love the smell of my girl's belches? Ooh, cuz you're a troll. Who loves the smell of burps, man? Maybe your mom, you know, maybe your mom used to burp in your face when she used to breastfeed you. It could be some, like, something linked to your childhood. That sounds like some sort of connection to your childhood. It has to do with breastfeeding for sure. I'm a doctor. Don't Google it. I'm positive. Randy402, would you get the vaccine for the Rona if and or when there is one? That's funny. We were just talking about that. I don't know. Is it crazy that I would be more prone to get the Alzheimer's vaccine than I would the coronavirus vaccine? I need to do some more research. I have had vaccines in the past, and as a young girl, I'm a baby of the of the very late 80s and early 90s. <laughs> I'm a baby of the late 80s and early 90s, depending on how much sleep I got. You know, we were vaccinated as kids, and, and when I had to go do a USO tour, I had to get vaccinated I had to get, you know, um, I've gotten Tdap before, which is like tetanus uh, and all the other, the DAP. It's tetanus and DAP. And um, let's see what it is, actually. I don't even, you know, this is the problem. We get vaccinated and you don't really look into what the fuck they're putting into you. Tdap, diphtheria, tetanus, and whooping cough. Who the fuck has the whooping cough? That sounds like something that like Nikola Tesla had. 
Is that some shit that like Albert Einstein had? That sounds really old. It says, is the Tdap vaccine necessary? CDC recommends whooping cough vaccination for all babies and children, preteens, and pregnant women. Adults who have never seen a, received a dose of Tdap should also get vaccinated against pertussis. <sighs> Here's the thing. Here is the thing. We are biological creatures living on a biological mass. And science shows and history shows that diseases form and infections form. And I mean, look at people. We're essentially a fungus. So there's got to be some sort of checks and balances within this system. Do I think all vaccines are good? Probably not. Do I think some help? Probably. Do I know which ones those are? No, I don't. But if someone said, hey, if you don't ever want to get Alzheimer's, drink this drink, I'm going to fucking drink the drink. I'm going to put it on rocks and then I'm going to take a shot of it. But when it comes to the coronavirus one, I just think it's such a unique situation because of what it's done to our economy, our society, our culture, our mental health. This isn't just a cold. It is something that has halted the world. So I think I'm a little bit more trepidatious about getting a needle stuck in my arm surrounding this pandemic. Does that does anybody else feel the same way? I'm a little I'm a little sketched out. I have to be honest, but then again, you know, did I research half the dicks that went inside of my vagina? No. I didn't do any Google searches. I didn't do any history check. Are you kidding me? I didn't do any background checks or history searches. The dicks just went in my vagina. So maybe 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 we should get the vaccine. <laughs> I just I think there's so much to keep in check that it gets overwhelming. And sometimes you just want someone to take you by the hand and give you the fucking shot so you just don't have to worry and you can get back to work. I think if it can help us, I think we should maybe take it. But not before we do some more research and and see if it gives other people like extra feet or, you know, turns their skin orange. We should probably see what's going to happen to those people first. And I would much more like to, you know, do it to people than monkeys. Does that make me a bad person? Sorry. Tomcast19. Can the doctor do my podcast? I don't know what your podcast is, sir. Uh, Send me a link. And if it's worthwhile, I will certainly consider it. It's Halloween 365. Anal? Question mark? I, uh... (laughs) Are you asking me for anal? Because the answer is no. Like, obviously, I know I just said that I don't do any research or history checks or background checks for dicks in my vagina. I do, however, do an extensive background check for people who want to get in my backside. That's just the irony of of sex with Jesse May. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm making myself blush. Anal? I think, sir... You're going to have to uh, send me an email with all of the details, and I'll see if it's worthwhile. Same response I gave to the guy asking me to be on his podcast. Where I'm going to have to do some research. Do I like anal? It depends on the person. You know, I think 
for people who are in relationships that may have grown a little sexually stagnant, anal is like a nice little accoutrement to your stagnation. It can help get the ball rolling a little bit in your relationship. So if you're in a relationship that's sort of gone a little stagnant and dry and boring and you don't really get wet for him and you don't really get hard for her anymore, try anal. But you can't, guys, you can't just jam the dick in there. Let's, let's, let's be like informative about this. You can't just jam the dick in. And girls, don't get on your hands and knees. Bad, bad, bad idea. Amateur shit. Lay on your side. Guys, get on your side. Obviously, you you know, you're going to be in the position where the dick can go in the, into the butt. I'm sure my mother is really proud of this uh, from the other side. Lube is going to be your best friend. If you want to do anal, you better get lube and get some good lube. That's going in your bunghole. Do some good lube. You know what I mean? I don't know if coconut oil is a good idea. You might want to look into it. I feel like you're going to cook a casserole in your asshole. Your cas- your casserole. Your casserole hole. <laughs> lube is vital for anal. I am a doctor. And... Your guys, ladies, you're going to want to lay on your side. Men, you're going to want to have maybe already given her an orgasm. It makes it easier, ladies, if you've gotten off prior to getting anal because you're more relaxed, your muscles are warm, they're, you already popped one off, so if it doesn't work, you're like, hey, one out of two ain't bad. And it just helps the overall process be a little bit more enjoyable. I'm speaking from experience, obviously. You're going to want to lay on your side. And guys, you're just going to want to ease it. Ease it. Pump the brakes. Okay? This isn't a... We're not going to rosy riveter the ass. We're just going to scootsy scootsies a little bit. <laughs> Gentle pressing. Almost like in, like in and not too far out. Like in more than you're going out. Because you want to like advance in there. It's... It's kind of like breaking a horse. <laughs> you're gonna be Robert Red. You're gonna be Robert Red. <laughs> you're going to be Robert Redford from the Horse Whisperer. You're just gonna be walking. You know, you got cracking the whip, just letting the horse know that you are here, and and you're not leaving until we get this thing broke. We are breaking it. Not that you want to break her asshole. It's just, it's an analogy. It's probably a terrible analogy. But I think if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm trying to say. You just want to be gentle. Because the more, take your time. The more you take your time, the more enjoyable it'll be. And then, once you're in there, it's, I mean, it's fun. It's fun. But go easy. On the side. Ladies, relax. Don't tighten your asshole. You need to relax. I don't know why I'm yelling at you. I don't know why I'm angry at you. I'm angry at you because your asshole is so tight. Relax. Breathe out. Make sure you pop one off before he tries to pop one in, okay? MD Show 2000. Dr. P, how's your day going? Hope all is well, homie. Stay blessed. Also, what music makes you relax? Thank you, MD Show. Thank you so much. I hope you're blessed as well. What music makes me relaxed? Well, I like jazz in the morning. I like Miles Davis, Coltrane, a little Thelonious Monk, um, some, some real classic jazz in the morning. And... To make me relax, honestly, I like chill hop. It's, is that cheesy? It's a, it's a genre of music. It's generally instrumental. And it's for me, it's great for relaxing and working. But if I really want to like 
zone out and chill. I'll smoke a little and listen to like Odessa. I like Fantagram. I enjoy um, obviously listening to what the fuck was that noise? Did you guys hear that? See, this is the problem about being in nature. Shit hitting the window <laughs> will throw you off any sort of axis you're on. What was I saying? Oh, we're talking about music. Is my oven still on? Okay, it's less hot, so I think that's good. I think I put too much wood in it. Now that, back to the to the butthole advice, to the anal. Don't put too much wood in it. Take your time, see? I I treated this like my first time doing anal. I just shoved it all in, and I didn't consider that it might get too hot and cause a problem. Back to your question. Music that makes me relax. It's definitely like chill, Odessa purity ring um tovlo tovlo i love all that type of music there's there's so much music that it's hard to like keep it all like know what all the names are don't i miss knowing all my music i miss knowing like everybody's name here are my i'll t- i'll tell you my top songs let's see my top songs from 2020 here we go um Xander, which is a great band, uh, Fat Night. These are all really good. Benny Benny sings. Are these wait? Yes, Lady Ray, dope. Um, I have a lot of Xander on here. Odessa. Uh, let's see, White Denim. Um, Martin Sky is good. Um, Fujitsu. Fujitsu. I think that's how you say their name. Diamond Cafe. You find really good music on Diamond Cafe. Uh, I wonder if I can make my top songs a playlist. Let's see if I can do that. I wonder if I can make this available for you guys to listen to. I can share it. Let's see. Uh, I'm going to create my favorite songs on Spotify, and I'll put the link in the description on this episode, and you guys can hear the music that I like to listen to to relax to. I like death metal and a little ACDC. That's what really gets me to relax. Tim Fresh One, hi, hi. Raymond276, want to skydive naked with me? No. Also, as a dude, I feel like it'd be really dangerous. I don't know that much about like uh, velocity and wind science, but that might be really dangerous for your dick and balls to be going through the air flipping and flapping and your nuts just flipping and flapping in the wind. I don't know like what that does. It might it might make you infertile. You better check check an article or two and see if that's okay for your nutsack to just be flipping around in the wind like that. At that speed and that height with the low oxygen, it could kill your sperm. I, I am I am a doctor, but I'm not a real doctor, but I'm pretty much a doctor. So hopefully that helps you. Uh, Jordan Harder, when is it safe, acceptable to get some pussy, pussy in pandemic? Jordan, here's the thing. Is Getting some pussy worth needing to be on a ventilator. That's what you have to ask yourself. Is the pussy worth you literally losing your breath? And maybe losing it for the last time. (laughs) I don't know if any pussy is that good. And I have one, and she's amazing. My sister and I have something called the PPP, the powerful Peluso pussy. And it's something that we're known for. I don't know if it's worth it. I wouldn't want to risk risk someone getting COVID from my coochie. And I know how good it is. I think, Jordan, 
Harder, which is funny. Jordan, it's with a T, but obviously it's with a D. I think maybe take this time because there is a reason to restrain yourself. Take this time to be with yourself. Take this time to not give in to your temptations. Practice a little Zen and a little Buddhism and learn how to control your your constant need for gratification. It could be a really good time for you to practice some abstinence. I did that once. I was absent for a year and a half and my hymen grew back. And that's science. I honestly think it's a great time to get back in touch with yourself, but but not touch yourself. And I know it sounds crazy. And I think actually from a reproductive standpoint, I have read that it is healthier. Not that I'm saying you're ready to procreate, but if a man and a woman were to procreate and be practicing and say the man was away for a while and then he came back home, it would be healthier, I've read, for him to bust a few nuts and give her a fresh load to procreate with as opposed to giving her the three-week-old nut. That's science. Check it out. Let me know if I'm wrong. Somebody send me uh, some science to that. I have read some articles on it. I have to write this down to put the article that I read on the link for you guys. But if anybody else has any other information, please, please tell me. I'm writing semen science article, fresh semen science article. And then what else do I have to give you guys? Oh, I have to give you guys a playlist. This is what happens when I'm on the road and I don't have a producer to help me do this shit. Okay, in my uh, Spotify playlist. So I honestly think... You, sir, Jordan Harder, you should practice abstinence. Get to know yourself and and learn how to play a guitar instead of playing with your willy. Ludacris says, I keep meeting girls with a smelly pussy. They seem so nice and clean, but then that pussy stank. Okay, okay, okay. This is a good question coming off of the one we just had. Here's the thing about smelly pussy. It could have to do with a lot of different things. One, she's just not clean, and that's gross. But also, highly unlikely, not that there aren't girls out there who don't have good personal hygiene. I just think that sometimes those smells and odors are caused from an internal imbalance in their pH. And they're either eating foods that are fucking up their pH balance... They don't have enough of a balanced diet where they're eating clean foods or they have some sort of infection, which also can be caused by the previous thing I just mentioned, or they're just gross bitches. There's so many things at play here, but the main thing is stop fucking with girls with smelly pussies, (gasps) you know? Uh, That must suck for a dude to like find that out too late when you're down there and you're like, rot row. The cat's out of the bag and it's dead. That must that it just must really suck. Because I'll tell you what what doesn't suck is me on a dirty dick. Not happening. I get down there, your dick's dirty. I'm done. Uh we're gonna have to rain check this. And by rain check I mean go out in the rain and check yourself and wash your nuts. That's what I mean. But as far as girls having a smelly pussy, it could be a personal problem, but it also could be a pH and infection problem, and that's not your problem. So hopefully you can find some clean pussy in 2021. Al Mosey, your eyebrows are goals. Do you do anything with them? Yeah, right here. 
Ooh, ooh. I have an eyebrow girl who microbladed my eyebrows just a little bit for me. If you see photos of me as a kid, my eyebrows were on point. Like, sharp, crisp, pristine. Boom, boom, boom. And I have really good eyebrow shape. I just didn't have a lot of eyebrows at the end here. So my girl, Jess, Sarah, who's amazing, um, Sarah Cosmetics, you guys got to check her out on IG. She does microblading out of um, Garden Grove, California, and she does an amazing job. Everyone thinks my eyebrows are, they, they, I always get compliments on them. So I'm not, I have no shame in my game letting you guys know how I take care of myself. Okay, let's see. There's another question here. Grace Servia. Gracie Servia. I had a student ask me if I knew, if I even knew what I was teaching today. Ouch. How to get past that. Own it. Own it. Did you know what you were teaching that day? I mean, damn, let me tell you, there are a lot of shitty teachers. I'm not calling you a shitty teacher, but sometimes having some humility about yourself can endear you to the children you're teaching. You know, although those little fuckers can be assholes, I'm sure it's very difficult to deal with children these days, but own it and have fun with it, you know, and, and, and maybe have a student help you make it a thing where a student can teach half of your class and you don't have to do most of the work. Just don't fuck your students because that is inappropriate. We can't have any more female teachers sleeping with their students. So just make sure you keep it in your pants. Okay. <clears throat> Gracie Servia. <coughs> Sorry, I'm choking. It's not COVID. It's a, it's a cold cabin. Oh, fuck. I think my fire's out. My oven. No, it's just right. It's just right now. It's the, the heat is far enough away from me. I think, honestly, you don't really need to get past it. it it's, it's hard. Teaching is hard. And you're literally like a parent for eight hours a day. So give your, cut yourself some slack. Have some fun with it and don't sleep with your students. Rowdy Zunker. When are you starting your OnlyFans? I have been talking about this for so long. I don't know. I'm not convinced yet. You know, OnlyFans reached out to me and I'm just like, I don't know. You know, it's got to be right. I I can't. I don't get out of bed for free. So they got to make it cute for me. You guys tell OnlyFans. Send them a message. Let them know you want me on their platform. And hopefully we can work something out. But I'm not showing butthole. I'm telling you right now, there's no butthole that I'm going to show you guys, even though you can see my butt on my Instagram, but that was for like Alzheimer's awareness, which I haven't done one of those in so long, like a nice booty shot, like a really good one with some fun and funny, uh, caption on it. I'm going to have to do that again. It's been, life has been dragging me down a little bit, which is okay. It's a transformative time. Let's see. Um, JTPSD besides NYC, LA and Chicago, what's the best city for comedy? Um, San Francisco was great. Austin was a lot of fun. Um, where else? Uh, Seattle used to be fun. Vancouver was a good time. Um, New York City really is the greatest city for comedy. There's nothing like it. LA is second for me because it's just a different level of comedy out in LA. And, like, literally you'll do shows with so many. I mean, New York has the New York, the amazing New York comics, you know. Um, but, like, at Colin Quinn and Marina Franklin and Andrew Schultz is from there. Um, Giannis Pappas, who was my ex, who was always an amazing comedian. Um, uh, God, there's so many comics out of there that I love so much. I, I started comedy there. There's just a different variety of comedy there. 
in LA, you'll be doing shows next to like Chappelle and, you know, fucking Rogan and, and Whitney Cummings and, um, Ali Wong. Like it's, there's just, it, it, both cities have amazing, they used to have amazing comedy. The, the real question is, what is the next city that's going to be best for comedy? And I think it's going to be Austin. I really do. I think Rogan made the right move by going out there. And pff, who knows where I'm going to go? I'm just saying I don't know if I'm staying in L.A. right now. Life is so unpredictable at this moment that I'm open to change. Cut to me living in a van down by the river, having the best time of my life. And I'm literally talking to a van company after this podcast about building me a van out for me to live in. (laughs) Fuck it, right? 2021. Literally driving in a 2021 in a van. Alyssa, Rebecca, how did you get to be so amazing? A lot of heartache, a lot of failure, a lot of being humbled, a lot of loss. I think... If you're open to experiencing loss fully, you honestly can become, I don't want to say an amazing person, you become as close to being a whole person as possible. I think my relationship with loss over these past few years has gotten really healthy. And not that I don't fear it, I just know that I can survive it. And I know that with each loss, it has something profound to teach me. So I'm very open to that experience. And I'm almost, not that I I want to experience it. I just know that I can get through it. Not that it's not hard. Not that I don't cry. Not that I haven't spent the past three weeks drinking more than I normally do. I'm not like getting wasted, but I'm definitely having a fucking few tequilas at night. And I normally don't drink that much, you know? I'll have like a couple Zootsies Magootsies. You guys know I like a couple glasses of my organic wine, our daily wines. Shout out to our daily wines. Free promo for you fuckers. I love your wine so much. I normally don't drink that much. So these past few weeks, it's been, you know, a little difficult. But I'm open to allowing myself to experience the loss how I need to experience it. This isn't a grief podcast, you guys, but I'm answering Alyssa's question, so don't get mad at me, okay? I know we're taking a break. For, a break? We're taking a break from the grief mini series, which we'll be back next week. I think we're going to be on um, grief episode four. And I just think if you're open to it, the trials and tribulations of life can set you free. And I think the most beautiful people I know are ones who have overcome the most heartache ever. So thank you for saying that, Alyssa. James Nick Wheeler, always up in the questions. How you doing, brother? What's your go-to music to help your mood? You guys have a lot of music questions today. You know, I think my go-to music, if I was going to go and press something right now on Spotify, it would be Erica Badu. Just Even if it's Erica Badu radio, there's just a lot of really good neo-soul. That music was like my era you know, my, my favorite time, like nineties hip hop and nineties neo soul. There's just so much there. There's so much history there for me that it just puts me in this nice nostalgic place. But Erica Badu, honestly, there's no one like her. She literally is a unicorn. She is so damn talented. I love her so, so much. Please let her know that I love her. Actually, I met her when I did hip hop squares and I'll never forget her swagger. 
when she came into the room, I wish I could, I, sh- I wish I would have known what these questions were because I could find this photo of Erica Badu. Someone was, I was doing a photo shoot for Hip Hop Squares, and Erica walked through the back of the photo shoot. And there's a photo of her like side eyeing me, like the hardest side eye ever, like can't be bothered coming through with the calmest, most centered energy any bitch has ever walked through with in the world side eyeing me and and she kept going and there's like four frames of her just kind of like who is this little white bitch (laughs) and I got to meet her I got to sit next to her and it just out of all the people I met on that show which there were so many amazing people even just meeting Ice Cube and his son O'Shea it was so much fun but there was one day where I got to meet Erica Badu and she sat next to me and I, you know, I'm, I'm a comedian, I'm cracking jokes. And I said something, I forgot, I forget what it was. I wish I could remember, but she, it's, it's myself on one side, Erica Badu. And I think Eve, um, uh, the model was sitting on the other side and I say something funny and Erica looks at me and she goes, you're really funny. And I just was like, oh, Erica Badu thinks I'm funny. Erica Badu thinks I'm fucking funny. It felt so amazing. And that same day I got to meet Snoop and I got to hug Snoop. I wonder if you guys have seen that. I'll have. It'll be up. I'm sure it'll be up here or here. Here's me hugging Snoop. And here's me and Erica Badu. It'll it'll be on here somehow. I'll have I'll have my boy Rudy Pavich toss it in to the video, which is available on my YouTube page. Are you subscribed to it? YouTube.com forward slash Jesse May Peluso. Check it out while you're drinking a glass of mud, which you can order at mudwater.com forward slash sharp tongue. Use code sharp tongue to get 15% off your entire mud order. Um, totally natural, totally organic. Tossed it right in. Jackson Marie, no questions for you. I love listening to your podcast and your beautiful inside and out. Stop. Thank you. Uh, I really appreciate that. Thank you for listening. I honestly... There are days when it's really hard to muster up energy to express myself because of the nature of this podcast. It is kind of like a somewhat of a diary. It's always kind of been a journal, hasn't it? It's like Jesse May's journal. It's it's difficult at times, but I know that it's helping people, so that's what keeps me going. It's Halloween. Okay, there's another question about anal. He asked about anal again. It's Halloween 365. Literally asked anal twice. Somebody needs a nap and a teddy bear. MD Show 2000. Um, Dr. P, how's your day going? Hope all is well. Oh, wait. Oh, I just, uh, maybe I I, I screen grabbed. I just read the same thing twice. I'm sorry. Okay, wait. Here's a couple more. Hold on. Scootsies Magootsies. Photos of me. There we go couple more questions here. Kevinette, how much faith should I have in faith? I think that's a really deep question and I think your edible kicked in. But I think the most important thing, the only way you can have faith is to have faith in faith because there is no faith without having faith in the very thing that you need to have faith in. And I think you should have all the faith in faith because belief is one of the most powerful forces in the world, mind over matter. If you can make yourself believe something, it can come to fruition in some way, shape, or form. And it's not that people are telepathic per se, but literally there is a placebo effect that is a real scientific 
scientifically measured effect that they don't really understand how it works, or maybe they do, and I just can't think of the actual scientific reason as to why the placebo effect works. But again, here, for you fucking fact checkers, send me a message. The placebo effect is literally mind over matter, and I don't think you can have mind over matter if you don't have some sort of faith in something. There's got to be a belief in order for it to work. There's got to be a foundation of belief or faith. So whatever that is for you, I think you should have a lot of it. That's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. Metamorphosis mindset. Ooh, look at this handle. How are you? Sending you love and tiny moments of laughter. I like that, tiny moments of laughter, which sounds like real sadness. Like I just imagine myself like crying hysterically in a fitting room and then just kind of giggling because I'm crying, but then going back to crying. <laughs> oh my God, John in in NorCal. When will my candles ship? You guys, 7th Avenue Candles is this amazing candle company that is now making my butthole candles. Thank you for reminding me, John. The butthole candles are available on my website. They smell like vanilla and leather. They smell so good. I I wanted a scent that both men and women would enjoy and um a portion of the proceeds will go towards help um will go towards helping Alzheimer's associations and the um we are uh oh my god why can't I even think uh, hilarity for charity sorry the candle a portion of the proceeds will go towards those organizations and it smells amazing the candle literally smells so good I wanted to make sure it smelled really dope it's a butthole candle it's on my store and 7th Avenue Candles this is this amazing family-owned, female-run business out of Florida, and I really appreciate Jessica at 7th Avenue Candles. I'll put a link on my subscription, on my description of the podcast, and you guys can check it out and see what their store is like. They have a whole bunch of different candles, and you can buy my butthole candle from my store, jessiemade.com forward slash store, butthole candles making your whole house smell like my asshole. And it's a good thing. Um, Game Bread Fighter 2.0. Keep up the good work, Dr. P. You're amazing. You guys are so fucking dope. Oh, my fire's out. Fuck. Wait, let me just load one more brick before we end this thing. We have to do a couple phone calls, so I got to stay warm. Let me put my... Oh, I almost kicked my water over. My butt is sweating, so I apologize if you guys see some butt sweat. Where's my glove? Okay. So they've got these nice suede gloves, which honestly I never would have thought would be. Can you guys just see my butt? (laughs) I should have thought about this before, but this will be a fun episode. I probably should have made this a bonus episode because it's so ridiculous, but fuck it. You know, you live and you learn. (laughs) I just look like a drunk lumberjack from behind. It's amazing. If you're only listening to this, you should definitely get over to my YouTube page because you can see me bending over in my freaking long johns <laughs> with my thong hanging out. <laughs> there we go. Locked and loaded. Carlin's getting all nervous. Okay, let's answer a couple more questions because we still have some some uh, voicemails to get to. Lay down, buddy. Lay down in your bed. Down. Good boy, you stay. Oh, he farted. Damn. Cabin farts. Woo! Oh, Carlin. I gave him mac and cheese. It's my fault. So, John, the candle should ship as soon as possible. You have to expect some delays because of COVID and all of the 
postal services are delayed. I apologize, but I promise you your candles are on your way. 7th Avenue candles are amazing. I'll put the link to their store in the description of this episode as well as the link to the butthole candles. You guys are going to have so much information in the description to check out afterwards. Anal plate. Anna Platana. I'm so sorry. I thought that said anal plate. I'm so sorry about the passing of your sweet mom. May she all may you all reunite in heaven one day. Thank you so much. I feel like such an asshole that I thought your name was Anal Plate now that you sent me a nice message about my mom passing. <laughs> ah! Anal Plate? God, this whole episode's been about anal. You're welcome, America. Xtina086. What's up, girl? No questions, just sending you lots of love and strength. I miss hearing your laugh on the podcast. Oh my god. I know. I always laugh at myself and I get I, I get so angry referring to that one asshole who says I laugh at myself too much who just hates people's joy. But if you're not making yourself laugh, you can't make other people laugh. So thank you, Xtina, for the love. Jenica Lee, relationship now turning into long distance. How to keep it interesting. Okay, I was in a long distance relationship for a couple years and I've been in a couple different long distance relationships. One thing that is a very specific thing to do that really helped was black and white sex gifs, gifs, G-I-F-S, gifs or gifs, however you refer to it as, whatever, whatever your way of, of pronouncing gifs or gifs, black and white sex gifs, Google it, thank me later. You don't even need to let him know that you want a sex, just send him one at like 8 a.m. and there's a whole bunch to choose from. And you can even get more specific. Black and white sex gifs from behind. Black and white sex gifs blowjobs. Black and white sex gifs double penetration. Whatever your cup of tea is. If you're in a relationship, boop. Just send one. Send one. Keep it a little bit spicy. The way to keep things spicy in a relationship, whether it's long dish- long distance, long dishes, <laughs> is to do the dishes. The way to keep it spicy, whether it's long distance or close, is unexpected things, is surprises. Surprises are what keeps a relationship spicy and, I think, healthy. So I think going outside of what you normally do and surprising him or her, however that is, sexually, in a sweet way, girls love to be considered we want to know you're thinking about us 24-7. Even if you're not fucking thinking about us 24-7, most of the girls want to know you are. Men want to know that you're going to suck their dick. Men want to know that you want to suck their dick. And I don't care if you're a nerd and you're like, no, I respect women. Fuck off, Jerry. You still want to get your knob sucked. That's why you're acting like a fake feminist, okay? I'm on to you. I know what's going on. So find a way to satisfy each other's urges and drives, whether it's a blowjob or a bouquet of roses, figure out what works. Sending letters, like actually writing letters and making sure you make dates. Do like FaceTime dates and get ready for it, bitch. Put some lashes on, you know, and and fellas, light a candle on your end. Pour yourself a glass of wine Make it so you guys are putting effort. You have to put effort. Effort is the only thing that will keep the relationship going. And the more you guys start to put each other off and be too busy to make time, the more it's going to likely end. So just try and make a fucking effort. Put some lashes on and send um, sex gifts. Trust me, it works. Let's see. 
Unky Brian, would you marry John Stamos, but you have to punch 10 newborns a year? <laughs> this Unky Brian always has some stupid shit to say, and you know the answer is 100% yes. Absolutely. Punch a newborn? 10 of them? I mean, let's be real. Think about 10 people in your life you'd want to punch. At some point, they were a newborn. So I'm just, I'm just jumping the line. I'm literally just jumping the line. You know, is it wrong because they're babies? Yeah. But uh, is it right that I'm getting ahead of it? Yes. Also, yes. And if you can't see the satire and sarcasm, then you're a fucking idiot. Um, let's see. <sighs> Stinky Sue 62. Edibles and movies or music or TV? I, I don't. All, why do I have to choose, Susie? Stinky Sue? Are you the one with the smelly puss that my homeboy before couldn't handle? Stinky Sue, I don't want to choose. Edibles and music go together great. For me, I don't edibles and anything is a nightmare, but if I were to choose, it'd be edibles and music. TV, I don't know what you're asking. Yeah, all of it sounds great. It sounds like fun. are you inviting me over to your house? It sounds like a fun night, honestly. So, thank you very much. Let's see. Bob Bob Agnes, Bab Agnes. I hope you're doing okay and keeping high as fuck. You know, honestly, I have been and I've been okay and I have not been okay and I'm okay with that. I say that often that I think it's important to know and this thank you guys for your questions. Dr. Peluso, thanks you so much. There was a few obviously I can't get to every single question. There was a few that I liked a lot. So those are the ones that we hang on to. There's one more that I'll uh, refer to after this, but I think knowing that you it's okay to not be okay and to try to be okay with that is vital for survival and for thrival. Fuck survival. You guys know survival is not something that I focus on. It's thriving through the stress and the strife of life. I think knowing that you're not okay and being okay with it is a vital way to be able to get through and endure. Um, I don't know what your handle is. It's like a underscore LR underscore. I know you're right there with us. Hugs. What are your tips on dealing with the holiday blues? You know, I have felt the holiday blues more so this year than any other year in my life. And I think that's because both my parents are gone. This isn't a grief episode. I'm answering a question. I think that's because when my dad passed, I knew eventually it would happen and I had some time to deal with it, even though you're never truly prepared for it. I think I'm I'm feeling the holiday blues more so than ever now because my mom is gone and both my parents are gone and I'm having to realize that I need to be shelter for myself now and that's something I'm going to get into next week's grief mini series. Our grief survival guide will return next week and it's all going to be about how to sort of deal with isolation and how to um, realize you can be your own shelter through these difficult times. But for me, dealing with the holiday blues, I'm going to be honest, tequila and weed have really fucking helped. <laughs> I'm going to be goddamn honest. See, I got a grief zit right on my cheek. I've been feeling it. I've been feeling the emotions and I've had to try to not avoid them. And sometimes alcohol can be, it's a coping mechanism for sure. And I know when I go see Dr. Amon, because he will be giving me a brain scan when I get back to LA, he's going to be like, alcohol's no good. And I'm glad that he sort of clarified that the weed smoking was really bad during the developmental years. I got in, I got on the, the cheaper train late. So I think I'm okay. 
Okay, I'm not going to Miley Cyrus's shit where I'm off of weed. I can't. Dr. Amon's going to have to deal with it. But I think drinking alcohol is a little bit of a of a coping mechanism. I think it is a little bit of an avoidance tactic. I think it's a defense mechanism against your emotions. But for me, because I don't overdo it, I don't get wasted. I've just been doing it consistently. It's just sort of given me a little bit of lubrication through those really difficult emotional moments. So definitely some tequila and weed. I've been leaning on my sister. Uh, If you've been listening to the podcast, listen to all the grief episodes. You'll hear how I've been dealing with the holiday blues. Uh, Two words, Amazon Prime. (laughs) You're welcome, Jeff Bezos. You owe me money. You owe me a shout out at least. Can I get like 1% in the business? I just want some of your equity. I think the best way to deal with the holiday blues is different for everybody. I think you have to maintain some basis of health and not overdo it. But you also got to enjoy it. So if you need to spike your eggnog, spike your eggnog. If you need to eat pizza three nights a week like I've been doing, eat pizza three nights a week. If you need to go hiking with your dogs, I've also been getting high and going on hikes with Carlin, who's down here, my sweet little, my sweet boy. It's okay, buddy. You don't have to get up. My my animals have helped. My family I think all the things I love, tequila, weed, my family, my dogs, and nature have really helped me through these holiday blues, you know, and my baby Brad Pitt, you know, who's probably missing me right now because I'm not home, right? That's what Carlin has to say. Carlin, do you want to do some phone calls now? Let's do some phone calls. Here we go. Let's see. Hi, Jeremy. My name is Adam, and I love your stand-up, man. You're hilarious. I am actually from Watertown, New York, so... I'm pretty close by you. I grew up around that same neck of the woods. I would go snowboarding all the time and get really high with my friends and just be assholes. It was wonderful. So my question for you is, um, I'm having a little bit of trouble with ladies. I feel kind of ugly. I'm short and I'm not that good looking. And I feel like I won't be able to ever meet somebody because of that. So do you have any advice for a young 25-year-old? All right. Thank you so much. Love you. Adam, I love you. You are not ugly. Okay? Adam, do you hear me? You are not ugly. Even if you are, you aren't. (laughs) It's all subjective. Okay? And let me tell you something, Adam. You said, I I feel kind of ugly and I'm short and I'm not that good looking. I feel like I won't ever be able to meet somebody because of that. And you're right. You won't. As long as you think and feel that, you won't. And I think maybe you need to think and feel that to get through whatever the source of it is because you're, there's some source of it. There might be some trauma in your childhood that you're not aware of. There might have been some bullying or maybe a family member was rude to you or, or something was said to you as a kid. I, I, would, I would wonder what went on in your childhood for you to feel this way because somebody made you feel this way. Babies aren't born thinking they're fucking ugly. You know what I mean? Even the ugliest babies are the cutest things on the earth. They are fucking miracles. Even though the two toddlers in my sister's house, I swear, are the spawn of of Satan, they're still so cute. Cutest kids ever. I think it's important for you to feel attractive and feel like you have something to offer. And I guarantee you, Adam, I know from this message you do. The fact that you were 
vulnerable enough as a man, as a 23-year-old man in this society and culture to, to leave me this message knowing it was going to be played on the podcast, homie, you're ahead of the game. You're at, you've got more self-awareness than dudes twice your age, okay? I need you to realize that. That your emotional vulnerability is, is it's way beyond most men that are double your age. So you, you need to lean into that and know that you have something to offer. Now, feeling ugly and, and short, who gives a shit? Who gives a shit if you're short? You know what? There's short girls out there. And there's also some tall bitches who like short, short dudes. There's tall bitches who like to be climbed on. So you might have to become a capuchin monkey and climb up some of these Amazonian women. You might need to go to Montenegro and get you a tall bitch to hang on. And then see how ugly and, and unattractive you feel. And let me, t- let me let you know that that's exactly, that's all it is. It's a feeling. You feel unattractive. You feel ugly. It's not the truth. But it's your truth because it's the way you feel. So you have the power. Remember we talked before about mind over matter and having faith. And faith being the foundation of being able to have a strong mind. You could placebo the, the, the fuck out of this. You could just have your own personal placebo effect where you feel attractive, where you know you're attractive, where you know you have something to offer. And I think the, a good place to start is to, to find what you're good at and focus on that. Okay, because I know you want to find a girl. I know you want to be with somebody. Everybody does. And the people who say they don't want it more than the rest of us. But I think the most important thing for you is to lean into what you're good at. Lean into what you love to do and focus on that. And naturally, because you're doing what you love, you're going to feel attractive. You're going to be attractive. And you're going to forget a little bit about needing someone else so much because you were able to rely on yourself. And the more you can rely on yourself and the more you can realize that you have something to offer yourself first before somebody else does, the more you're going to be available to somebody else in a healthy way down the line. So I have, I, I'm not worried about you, Adam. You're, you're going to be good. And I want to know if your dad's single. Unless he was the asshole. Let's listen to another message. Just me, it's Rob. I really enjoyed your podcast with Joe Rogan at the beginning of the pandemic. How do you feel about the state of the union in America now. And I'll take the call off the air. You'll take the call off the air, Rob? What does that mean? You want to have a phone call with me, buddy? How do I feel about the state of the union? We're in the most important time in our life right now. It is a time of transition. Emotional transition, societal, cultural, agricultural, um political. We are in a, it's a precipice of change. It is a transitional time and it is a, for someone like me, I see an opportunity for real growth with myself personally and with how we treat each other, how we view the world, how we've been living our life, how we've been living in excess. Even though I've been shopping like a motherfucker on amazon.com and I did some real damage at Marshall's the other day, we don't need stuff. We, we, we have too much shit. We waste too much. I think the state of the union is the greatest it could be right now because we are at a break, a breakdown point. And like my therapist and uh, personal coach, Brett Costin always says, there is no breakthrough without a breakdown. I think there's a real opportunity to have an amazing breakthrough, both both personally and on a larger scale right now. I think the state of the union is the most important time in our history, in my own history, the, the amount of time I've been alive on this earth. 
And I think there's a real opportunity for all of us to change how we've been living and be more present and be better for our neighbors and be better for people in our lives and really make a difference and realize that we need each other. That we got to fucking stop with all the differences and stop treating each other like shit and realize at the end of the day, hey, last time I checked, none of you motherfuckers cheated death. Right? Last time I checked, no one comes back from that shit. And the last time I checked, everyone has a ticking clock. And everyone is going through something. Look at Adam. Adam feels ugly. Fucking Adam. Come on. We got to step up our game. Stop being fucking assholes to each other. And realize that there's a real opportunity for growth in this world. And that there's good in this world. And that we can make a change and we can be available to people, even if it's strangers. And that not every, you know, person is out to harm you. Even though as a woman, there's a lot of people who want to fuck you against your will. And I've experienced that personally through my life, like, multiple times. But still, I see the good in men. I know that all not all, all men aren't bad, you know? And... It's 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 just an opportunity for us to really grow. That's how I feel, Rob. I don't know about taking the call off air. Uh, that's going to be a different situation, but I hope that it satisfied your question. Let's get uh, another one here. Here we go. Uh, this is your captain. Your number has been selected to get a free cruise. All you have to do is press one. But if you don't like cruises, don't press one, because I have a deal for you. Two, two, all aboard. This is your captain speaking again. I have deals. I have rates. You can take a train from here to Texas. You don't like trains, I hate them too. But boy, do I have a deal. And all the great sports is in the industry. Very, very, very. Okay, well, somebody is definitely peeking on their edible. What the fuck was that? (laughs) What was that? On that note, I need to go outside and smoke a doobie. You guys, this has been a really fun episode in this freezing fucking cabin. There's a storm, impending storm, that my personal weatherman, Wayne Mahar, said I need to get the fuck out of before it takes me over. But before we go, I do want to do one submission for my grief survival guide mini series which this is not an episode of this is dr peluso next week it will presume each week i've asked people where do you think we go when we die and i have a few submissions i wanted to read one this is from greg volks he says hey spunky Sorry about your mom and your dad. Your podcast is tied for my favorite with Joe Rogan and Theo Vaughn. I just finished listening to episode three of your grief survival guide. Now, to make this about me, that's my MO. I am on the DDC, which is the Dead Dads Club, for 18 years, which is about half my life. Hearing you talk about what you're going through has been a blessing for my mom, because I want to say not nice things to her because of stuff. But I am just grateful I still have her. Almost lost sight of that. Thank you. Where do we go when we die? Trucker heaven. <laughs> well, there's no t- where there's no toll booths or traffic jams, and everyone is a polite driver. The DOT won't pull you over, and the lot lizards have all their teeth and none of the germs. And my old dog is riding shotgun. All freight is no touch, no hand unloading. Amen. Merry Christmas. That's great, Greg. So you guys see, it's not that bad. When we die, we go to trucker heaven, and it sounds like a great place with dogs. And that's why I'm here. I'm in. I'm in a great place with my dog. I'm gonna smoke a doobie. I'm going to think about death a little bit more and prepare for next week's episode of the podcast where we are going to pick up our grief survival guide, episode four. We're going to talk about isolation. 
And we're going to talk about becoming your own shelter. On this episode, I will include links to fresh semen and its effects on procreative health. My Spotify playlist, I'll, I'll put that there. And the link for my butthole candles through 7th Avenue Candles. Please don't forget to go to my YouTube page and subscribe to my YouTube page. My goal is to get 10,000 subscribers before 2021 ends. Help me reach it. I hope I've helped you reach some of your goals. I hope Dr. Peluso has helped you. Bored, uncertified doctor. I'm going to go smoke some weed in the woods. Yeah, that's right. Love you. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.